it was always part of the plan to put a brewery in, but for many years it, it was just a plan. It's 100% acquisition of Green Beacon. No, we had a chat with everybody. Anyone would have seen this coming a mile away. It's the passion and the, the dedication to beer and brewing. Oh, yeah. That's super simple and direct question. It's always fun to get to speak about beer. Today I have with me Emma Locke, venue manager at Beer Farm in Western Australia and scholarships coordinator at women's organisation Pink Boots Society Australia. Emma has worked at Beer Farm for nearly three years and was previously at Black Brewing Co, prior to which she was in New Zealand. This week, Pink Boots has launched their leadership scholarship program, now in its second year. The scholarships, supported by Gage Roads Brewing Co, are intended to help support and upskill women in the brewing industry as they develop in their roles. So thanks very much for coming on, Emma. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. I hear it's a little chilly over there in WA as well. It is. I'm hunkered down inside with a fire on. <laughs> Listeners will be like, these are two Brits, these ladies. Uh, they shouldn't be chilly. Uh, but we didn't come. We came over here for a reason. And it was not to be eternally cold. <laughs> Emma, I know you've been uh, on Brews News before. Uh, you were at Perth at the WA Beer Week a few weeks ago. Um, but give us a little overview of your career and how you got to Beer Farm. Yeah, absolutely. So my hospitality journey and beer journey, um, I guess, started back in the UK. I was working in real ale pubs um, back in Loughborough while I was um, there at uni. And then I did the classic Brit thing of going travelling after I finished university. Um, and ended up over in New Zealand for a couple of years where um, I tried lots of different um, styles of hospitality there and then moved over to WA in 2016 to do our farm work really to get our visa extension. We moved straight down to Margaret River, landed in Perth, got a car, moved to Margaret River and were pruning vines all winter um, with the intention to leave Margaret River straight after that and six years later <laughs> we are still here. I got a job, um, as you say, at Black Brewing Co. and worked my way up to a role as venue manager there. Um, and then in 2019, moved over to Beer Farm. So I'm the venue manager at Beer Farm now. So I kind of handle all things hospitality, events, customer experience, everything like that. It's great that you've had those experience in all different venues because the brewing industry is looking very closely at the venue model working with existing venues, setting up their own to develop that footprint and make them less reliant uh, on bottle shop retail, really. We're seeing different sizes, different ways of doing things in terms of hospitality. Um, so how have those experiences helped you uh, in your role at Beer Farm? Yeah, absolutely. I think having all those different experiences, you take kind of parts out of each one and it really builds like your own personal hospitality style. And especially at Beer Farm, like we've got a very customer-focused hospitality style, you know, we want everyone there to have a good time. The staff are having a good time, I guess they're having a good time, but we also, you know, you need to know your stuff. Um, the number one goal is, you know, your products that you make on that on that site and you need to communicate that to everyone that walks into your venue, you know. But it's great to see um, a lot of breweries putting a lot more um, effort and thought into their hospitality offering. And we're seeing some really exciting things um, open up now, which is really great to see. Some really, really strong hospitality offerings, which is great. Is there anything you want to highlight to us? Anything that appeals to you about those places? I think authenticity is a really strong one for me. Um, you, when you feel you walk into a venue that, you know, they're really authentic to who they are um, and what their brand is and the staff really communicate that. Really, for me, following people who are being quite 
pioneering, I guess, in the brewing space, really pushing the boundaries of beer and trying new things. Um, but not only the beer, I guess, being pioneering for their people. Um, we've had, you know, a lot of, um, there's, well, the beer industry as a whole over, over the world, I guess, especially these, the States, there's been a bit of a, you know, reckoning over the last couple of years that um, we are feeling in Australia as well. Um, so, you know, finding those breweries that are really keen on making those changes and really looking after their people and putting their people first. Yeah, that's it. And I know you were on a panel at the WA Beer Week a few weeks ago. Um, it was a really fantastic chat. What really jumped out to me was that there's an awareness that we need to change the way we think about hospitality. It hasn't uh, been for a while now uh, just a sideshow to brewing beer. So how has that impacted you over in WA? It's tough, you know. It's In terms of planning, it's been near on impossible for the last couple of years. For WA, we we have been very lucky in the sense that with the closed borders, you know, a lot of um, our local community hasn't been able to go anywhere else, really. Um, and especially Beer Farm, we're very, a very community-focused brewery. So we've had absolutely bonkers years for the last two years that we could have never predicted. Um, you know, unlike states like Victoria that have really felt the impact in a negative way, we have been very lucky in that sense. But I think the biggest impact that we're feeling now is really the skill shortage with having the borders closed, not having those backpackers coming through and the opportunities and jobs and, you know, the salaries that, you know, other sectors are being able to offer um, that are attracting people away from the hospitality industry. I think it's been, you know, really tough and a lot of people are opting out now, which is really sad to see. But, you know, it's really understandable when you get to a point when you're talking more about masks and vaccines and boosters than you are around food and beer. It's a, it's a tough environment to be in every day. Um, so, you know, it's really on us and kind of leaders within the hospitality industry to do everything we can to you know get back to where we were and create these great atmospheres for people again. It can be a tricky one for business operators who want to change the way they work. What have you seen hospitality operators do to attract people? Is it about work hours and flexibility? Is it about better pay? What can we do to make hospitality a more attractive career path? Coming out of the pandemic, I think a lot of people's focus is on a work-life balance. And I think that's really, really important to people. So just making sure that, you know, you are offering, you know, a fair living wage for the role. And also, you know, we've got to be start thinking about kind of overtime loading, those kind of things. Being based down in the Southwest, looking at potential relocation packages, like there are definite things that, you know, we've really started thinking about offering um, to attract people down to the region. That's a challenging one to even communicate in a job ad. Brewing out has a good reputation, I think, uh, in that people don't expect it to be a really late night, nightclub style hospitality venue. Um, we have that down reputationally, I think. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I think a lot of the breweries are, especially down in the Southwest, are just daytime hours, which is really attractive for people. Communicating that through a job advert, I think we are, you know, you have to get creative on um, where you place these job adverts. You know, there are different um, platforms available now um, that have launched this year. Um, even, you know, to there are Facebook groups that we can potentially utilize for people that are really keen to, without any experience, to get into the industry. And I think a lot of businesses now are really thinking about including a lot of um, kind of diversity and inclusivity on their job adverts, which I think is is really great. And it's going to be really strong for the industry, you know, over the next couple of years. 
Because as we've seen, and as we've alluded to, we have a bit of a diversity issue in the industry. Obviously, following the allegations of sexism in the US industry, um, over here we saw the Beer Agents for Change survey, and Pink Boots has been really active in trying to create pathways to leadership, to judging, all that kind of thing in the industry uh, for women. So tell me a little bit about the scholarships um, that have been launched this week. Yeah, so it's an annual scholarship that we're going to be running. Um, It's in association with Gage Roads. They sponsor the um, scholarship every year. They make a $10,000 contribution, which is incredible, all from funds raised by sales of their International Women's Day brew. Um, So that allows us to offer 10 leadership courses to Pink Boots members. So we've got three available in WA and seven across the other states, and they're um, leadership courses with the Australian Institute of Management. So there's a few different courses available to the members, so um, women in leadership, the new leader, people leadership, things like that. And then all of our um, the applications are then go through blind judging from a representative from Gage Roads and um, the Australian Institute of Management. And yeah, we'll come out hopefully at the end of August with 10 new recipients for the scholarship, which is great. Last year was the first year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, cool. So how did it operate last year? Did you get lots of interest? Yeah, we did. Yeah. And I definitely think it's something that we can build on. Um, So part of every scholarship that we put on with the Pink Boot Society includes um, a pay it forward. So the idea behind that is it's not, you know, these scholarships aren't just about furthering yourself, but it's about then sharing your knowledge and experience from the scholarship with the rest of our members. So really kind of aiming to inspire them to pursue and progress their careers in the future. So a lot of the pay it forwards um, from our last um, recipients will be, um, you know, either podcasts like this, um, articles, social media posts just about their experience with the scholarship um, and just any advice they would give to any of our members that are thinking about applying this year. And I think it's interesting because there are some skills that seem to come naturally to some rather than to others um, for lots of reasons. And leadership programs like this can help with that and even help boost confidence, which seems to be a root cause of things like imposter syndrome. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the good thing about courses like this, I think they really kind of raise your self-awareness and make you think about you. It kind of pulls you out of your role, I guess. I think a lot of us get a little bit entrenched in the day to day and get a little bit entrenched in our own role and struggle to see us as a leader outside of, you know, our role and our job. Um, and it really makes you think about you, you know, what, what is your brand? What are your values? What brings you joy? You know, how do you think about yourself? How do you talk about yourself? What is your own personal way of doing things? And really um, helps you lean into that. So why do you think that there aren't more women in leadership positions in the brewing industry? How long is a piece of string? I think there are a line full of reasons. I think, you know, as we discussed, the beer agents for change results there, they were pretty, pretty difficult to read. Um, I think the first thing I absolutely don't think it is, is a, is a lack of skills. I think I will say, you know, from the women that I've met through Pink Boots, women that I've met in the industry over the last couple of years, there are some women that we have in the industry in Australia that are at the top of their field and, you know, some of the most skilled people that I've ever met. Um, I think one thing is really how a lot of breweries start. I think a lot of breweries do tend to start historically with, you know, a couple of mates, let's start a business, let's start a brewery. Um, And it goes from there. I think there is a bit of a lack of career visibility as well for women. Um, And this may be me coming from more of a hospitality background, I guess. 
but I think um, in every role that I've had really before Beer Farm, I've always seen venue manager as the ceiling, really, for me within hospitality. You move to a new job, work your way up to venue manager, and that's it, really. I didn't have any visibility beyond that. Um, and now coming to Beer Farm and seeing the opportunities that are available and the career development that, you know, is possible, I think we really need to educate more women on what their options are, especially in, you know, these bigger breweries that are so multifaceted. It doesn't have to be you start in hospitality, you work, you're a leader in hospitality. You know, moving into the production side, the sales team, the marketing team, there are so many options available to us. Yeah, and just making sure that we're really furthering women you know, into those roles, whether they progress, you know, into general manager, operations manager. Yeah, there's a huge amount of opportunity within these businesses. Absolutely. It even ties back nicely with um, what we were talking about with regards to hospitality skills shortages. Uh, There's a perception out there, and I want to know if you agree, uh, that it's not necessarily a permanent position. It's not a permanent career um, but brewing in particular allows so many other career paths in that one business uh, marketing and admin to packaging brewing or management um, that's a way we can look at combating those skills shortages uh, bringing in people that have been alienated before by things like the perception of the industry as a predominantly male industry is that fair to say <laughs> no absolutely I totally agree and I think you know as we said a lot of breweries are starting to you know build a hospitality arm to the business and if that's a segue for more women into leadership roles within um, brewing businesses then that's fantastic I think the skills that you learn working in hospitality you know the people skills are so transferable as you move higher up into management and leadership I think that's really positive. Emma, this is another big question. Uh, what do you think as an industry that we can do better to encourage diversity? What is correcting? Uh, what can we do? What can we add to the industry to just make it more hospitable, a bit more welcoming to other people in other groups um, that we need to see more of in the industry? Yeah, when we talk about, you know, women in leadership positions, I don't want this to be, you know, a negative news story. I think we are starting to see change within the industry, which is great. I think we are seeing breweries trying to be better. Um, and there are becoming more and more resources available um, from associations like the IBA, um, releasing inclusivity and diversity guidelines and policies. You know, We're seeing more visibility over kind of gender equality figures, which I think is really great. You know, there, there is a responsibility of businesses to ensure equal opportunities for for all genders and I think you know that whether that comes down to you know access to childcare or taking gender equal applicants through to any interview stages for any new roles I think you know those are two things that we can really look at um, I think you know we've saw, seen from the beer agents for change results we're looking at about 10% women in leadership roles currently in the industry in Australia so I think if that 10% continue to grow within their business and you know have an impact on other women in the industry hopefully we're going to see that really grow and again i think you know pink boots memberships you know that's very easy ensuring all of women in your um, business have access to pink boots memberships um so they have access to things like these scholarships you know we've got another book pack scholarship coming out in october um there are so many opportunities there and i think just you know having these conversations we are seeing the change the change is slow But I think any businesses that aren't having these conversations and starting to make these changes are going to very, very quickly get left behind. I think, you know, if we're not starting to employ people with different experiences 
different thought processes, different backgrounds, you are going to be a lesser business because of that, you know. Absolutely. And even talking to um, another Pink Boots member, Sarah Turner at Four Pines, um, about judging, um, I spoke to her and the chief judge of Sydney Royal talking about the 50-50 male-to-female split for judging. Obviously, it feels like it shouldn't be a milestone in 2022, uh, but it is. We're saying that, you know, the whole point about judging is that you get a diversity of opinion. And I think that's a really key point. Um, in encouraging diversity is not just for the sake of it. It's good for your business. It's good for your customers. It's good for the products you make and the way that you sell them um, and the way that you make them. Uh, so I guess it just seems like a no brainer to do that. Absolutely. I mean, it does, you know, it seems crazy that it is 2022 and we're having these conversations. (laughs) I know. Why is this a milestone in 2022? It seems crackers. I work with lots of people behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I speak to so many talented women who don't necessarily put themselves out there um, without my prodding (laughs) uh, compared to their male counterparts. Uh, So how much do you think this is a lack of visibility uh, that there aren't women that we can see in leadership positions like we were seeing earlier? If you don't see someone in a position above yours that looks like you, then do you think that's a ceiling? Is that fair to say that it's a lack of visibility? What do you think? I think that's a huge thing. And I think that's a huge thing that if we're all very honest with ourselves, imposter syndrome is something that we experience every single day. You know, even if you do get to that role, you're sat in a room of potentially no one else that looks like you and you think, why am I here? I shouldn't be here. This is not, how did I get here? I don't deserve to be here. Um, And I think that's something that, you know, we really have to work on every single day, having that confidence to ask for things that maybe other people in the industry don't even think about and just ask for it, you know, without even thinking about it and something that's not naturally within us to do. Um, but I don't think this imposter syndrome comes out of nowhere, you know. I think we we could talk for hours about experiences that we've had where, you know, men are paid more than us in to do the same roles, you know. It's not – it's a real issue. So I think, you know, the women in leadership positions do – have a real responsibility to make sure that you are raising up other women and doing everything you can into these positions. But, you know, we can't, it's all, it is a very male and dominated industry. We can't get around that and we can't do it without, you know, the support of the men in the industry as well. As much as I want to keep chatting and probably could. Uh, I do love pig boots. I've been a member since I started at Bruise News um, pretty much. And Go on then, a little bit of a, a, a spruik of Pink Boots. Uh, why did you want to join or any other women's organisations? Like I know you're in Women in Hospitality as well, aren't you? Yes, yeah, Women in Hospitality. So I joined Pink Boots first. I joined Pink Boots back in 2018. And I think the main reason I really wanted to join, I really wanted to connect with other women in the industry. Um, the brewery that I was working with was extremely male dominated at that time. And I really wanted to, you know, make more connections. And Margie, who was one of our previous WA State coordinators, um, I had a chat to her and she, um, you know, really encouraged me to join. Um, And I remember when I first joined back in 2018, I emailed Pink Boots and Laura Hose actually got back to me. I don't know if she'll remember this and um, said, you will only get out of Pink Boots what you put into it. And four years later, that could not be more true. I, I think for the first couple of years, in all honesty, I don't, I didn't utilize it to its full potential. But, you know, when you really lean into it and you attend the brew days and apply for scholarships, you know, I've met some incredible women in the industry from going to brew days. It's our 
10th birthday this year. So we've got 10 brew days running throughout the country um, this year. And there's such an incredible opportunity to, you know, make new connections within the industry. So tell me about the leadership scholarships this year. What are the details? So we'll be launching hopefully next week. So yeah, we'll be emailing all of our members with application details. So applications will be open for a couple of weeks. Um, and then, as I say, we'll, um, when applications close, we'll go into judging with Gage Roads and the Australian Institute of Management. And then um, we'll hopefully be able to announce the recipient at the end of August, which would be great. Wonderful. Did you want to add anything else, Emma? We've touched on many subjects, but anything else you want to address? I would just, again, encourage anyone, especially women, you know, in our business to take that next step and to go for the scholarship. You know, if we can, you know, further our skills and our education and better ourselves and as Pink Boot Society, if we can encourage more women to do that, um, that's only a positive thing for, you know, the industry as a whole. I did the Women in Leadership course in WA. So it was run by someone called Norelle Goodfield and she was just incredible. I Honestly, my experience from the course, I would wholeheartedly encourage any of our members to to apply and anyone that isn't a Pink Boots member to sign up so you can apply. The impact that the course has had on my career has just been phenomenal. And I think the biggest thing for me was the other women that were in the room on the course as well. The experience and the knowledge of the other women in the room was phenomenal. And I think the great thing about the, these courses are, is that they're for all levels. There were women there that had never managed people before, but were taking that first step. There were women that were moving into CEO roles. There were women that own their own businesses, just didn't know how to take that next step. So I think, you know, the first thought about a leadership scholarship would be, I'm not a leader you know, this one isn't for me. And I would just say it absolutely is. It's for any level in your career. We've already seen from our recipients last year, four of the 2021 recipients are now Pink Boots board members. Um, one's now a WA state coordinator. So, you know, the impact that that's had on, you know, people's careers in a very short space of time is, is huge. Fantastic. Uh, Well, all details will be in the article that accompanies this podcast. Uh, So thank you very much for that, Emma Locke. Uh, Thank you for coming on Radio Bruce News. Thank you so much.